Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 81 of Books Cubed, the show right chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, October 15th, 2020, and it is writing prompt time. Yay! And I still don't have a crowd sound. I need to do that. Um, we, about every third or fourth show, fourth or fifth show, something like that, we get uh, some authors on and we do writing prompts. My co-author Lisa and I wrote a series called uh, Roll a Prompt Writing Journals. And there are six genres and we roll the dice, we pick a genre, then we roll the dice after turning to a random page and we create a writing prompt. Usually there's three elements and all three of us write or four or five, whoever's on the show that week, we all write with the same prompt and we all come up with something amazingly different. And that happens again this week. And Lisa and I are joined by Leanne Cabot. And well, she's a nonfiction author, but she's soon to be a fiction author too. And you will see after you hear her story. Just stay tuned and I'll see you after. You uh, welcome everybody to the show this week. We have Leanne with us. Leanne, how do you say your last name, Leanne? Cabot. And uh, do, are you an author or? I am, yeah. I have um, published three books in a series, but they're a nonfiction series. So um, the five seasons of connection to your child is for parents. The five seasons of connection to your business brilliance is for entrepreneurs and the five seasons of connection to your love partner is for couples but it's the same framework for different audiences oh nice okay so we'll have you we'll have you tell us a little more about that at the end and then we'll have links if anybody's interested in the show notes and everybody knows me normally uh usually if you listen <laughs> i'm out of it this week i'm uh, melissa bonsack your host and above me is at least on my screen is lisa mahoney my co-author in the uh roller prompt writing journal series and on this podcast we normally talk books and with authors but once about every four or five shows we like to open up the prompt books and have some fun writing because that's really what we all like to do is just sit and write and so Lisa is going to roll our the dice and we'll see what genre we are working in today. There are six books in the series. So are you rolled already? No, you haven't. I got uh, six. Oh, six. We are working in genre mashup. So now she will grab a copy of the book because everything is out of reach with me and she's prepared. Okay. So just randomly open to a spot. All right. I'm going to go to the back this time. Okay, um, so it is um, character, object, and a scenario. Groovy. Okay, go ahead and roll the dice and give us and make sure everybody write down. Right. Yeah. I'm like, where's my note paper? All right, so I'm rolling for a character. And I have a four. So that is a boy with a flint. A boy with boy a flint. What's a flint? Is that the... Yeah. Thing you sharpen a knife on or scratch a match like that. Yes. That's called a flint. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you know, these are unlike we always tell everybody, this is your starting point. You can use uh -huh. what you want and a boy with a flint might have matches. So anything that he might have with him, you can use, you know, this uh -huh. is just your starting point. Okay. Got it. All right. Um, and I got a two and that is a Jack O'Lantern. Very appropriate for Halloween. Yes. Okay, a boy with a flint, boy with flint and jack-o'-lantern. And then 
I got a five. So our scenario is traveling to a fair. I have no clue. Okay. So um, we will attempt to write for 20 minutes. I will anyway. So I'm going to set the timer for 20 minutes. Don't worry, anybody who's listening and watching, we will cut out all that part of us sitting and writing and we will get right to the actual reading of our stories uh, after we're done writing. So um, let me set it for 20 minutes. And um, is everybody ready? Yep. Okay, I'll let you know when it's been 20 minutes and we'll see if I need more time. <laughs> Start. All right. All right, would you, let's see, I'll go first. Okay, so um, I just threw the title on. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's called Jack and the Lancaster Fair. I don't know why, usually I don't title anything. Jack was wet, soaked actually. It had rained for almost a week, which hadn't been a problem until two days ago when he'd had to step outside or rather run. His, steps his stepsister had been careless with the knife or maybe it had been on purpose. She had slashed his stepmother 16 times. He'd counted. When she turned in his direction, he'd grabbed his hat and made a dash, mad dash for it. She'd given up after he'd reached the old Grayson Bridge. It was rather rickety, so she'd stayed on one side, slashing the air in his general direction as he tiptoed from plank to plank, both hands on the ropes that served as a railing, but also held the footbridge together. He'd been too afraid to go home, so he'd slipped outside and stolen a pumpkin from the Sanders farm. No one had been home, so he'd made a stop in their barn for a drink from their milk cow. Back on the trail, he'd gone far enough that a fire wouldn't attract any attention far enough away. After gathering enough sticks and moss, he used the flint that he kept tucked in his cap to light a fire that he fed to a downed tree he'd dragged from its death spot in the woods back to his little camp. While he warmed himself, he used his pocket knife to carve chunks of the pumpkin and roast them on a stick. It hadn't been a filling supper, but it had been enough to calm the grumblings in his stomach. When he was done, he'd climbed to a nearby tree to sleep. When he'd woken in the morning, he'd shoved, his untouched, he'd shoved an untouched section of wood into the embers, still glowing from the night before, and made himself another helping from the pumpkin. What was he to do? He couldn't go home, and the sheriff was all the way on the other side of the forest. Perhaps he could find his father. He'd been headed to the Lancaster Fair, a trip Jack had decided was had decided not to make. He'd been tired and hadn't, wa hadn't wanted to get up early that morning. Jack tried to imagine the journey. He thought he knew the way. A quarter day's ride on a good horse, but he didn't have a good horse, though there was the Sanders farm. He hadn't noticed a horse in the barn, but that didn't mean there wasn't one there. He closed his eyes for a moment, almost laughing at the image of himself arriving in Lancaster on the Sanders milk cow. And then the black and white cow was doused in a sea of red as the memory of his bloody stepmother took over. He spit the bad taste out of his mouth and then threw dirt on the fire, stomping out the last embers before backtracking to the Sanders farm, stopping just outside their wheat field to catch his breath. Surely they'd understand his need to reach his father. As he started through the tall golden waves of grain, he heard a scream and broke into a run, emerging from the weed as Mrs. Sanders made it down the steps of her house, her white apron turning a deep crimson as his stepsister's knife was plunged deep into the house housewife's throat. The woman was dead as she fell and standing in the space she had occupied was Jack's stepsister. Bet you're regretting, bet you're regretting being such a lazy little shit, aren't you? That's it. <laughs> Wow, 
That was amazing. <laughs> oh, Lisa, you're muted. Sorry, there was a, an airplane flying over, so I muted so you guys wouldn't hear it. Um, <laughs> that had so many elements in it. I mean, there was horror. You had it felt fantasy in a in a little way. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's only suspense. Yeah, yeah started out well, I always end with murder. It's just always <laughs> what I do. I try to go away from it, but I kill everybody all the time. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was picturing medieval times, and then mm -hmm. I and I tried. I've I've been trying to be really good about just writing and not thinking, but I got all the way to the end before her line of dialogue and thought, I've got no ending. So, oh, okay. What if she's making some comment to him and I'll make him too lazy to have gone with his father? That's about the only thing I could think of. And I had like a minute left. So I ran in and out of that line and added her dialogue line at the end. So then it kind of felt like it was a complete short story. Yeah, I think so. That was amazing. Wow. I <laughs> That was amazing. Yeah, oh, nicely thanks. done. Mine's nothing like that. Okay. Mine's nothing like that. <laughs> well, who, who would like to go next? Um, uh, why don't you go, Leanne? Because you right. have to run, so I, sure. I maybe hear the all of it. But um, the title was his first big journey. He was lost and slightly afraid, but he knew where he was going. Did he take a wrong turn at the second oak tree, or did he lose his way after the tractor wheel? He had no idea. His legs felt heavy, and his throat felt dry and itchy. He felt like he had been walking for hours, for miles, forever. Troy plodded along the dirt trail in the overgrowth until he found an old fallen log to sit on and he opened his pouch. He had packed everything he needed for his journey, but he didn't realize his journey would take this long. He pulled out each item one by one, the flint he would need to light the match, two quarters for the games, a small bouncy ball, a metal car, and a snack. He carefully opened the napkin and took out three of the cracker sandwiches, leaving two for later. What happens if he doesn't find his way? How will he live on two crackers and a broken promise to his parents? He felt strong and confident when he sat at the breakfast table and convinced his parents he could get to the fair on his own, with plenty of time to light the pumpkin for the opening ceremony. His daddy had grown the largest pumpkin in Odessa County for over 20 years, and his granddaddy had held the title for a few decades before that. They weren't the richest farmers in the area or the most powerful, but no other farmer could ever compete in the pumpkin patch. This year, Troy begged his daddy to be the lucky one to light the orange giant. And after much consideration, his daddy said he could have the honor. Cody and Clara Walter left the farm early to go to the fairgrounds and set up the giant prize winner, leaving Troy to make the two mile journey on his own. Where did he lose his path? He thought long and hard, holding the flint between his fingers. It must have been by the tractor wheel, he thought, and he packed up his bag to head back. When he reached the road, he was, as he was alone as far as his eyes could see. Squinting in the hot October afternoon, he looked one way, then another, and oriented himself using the town water tower in the distance. He didn't want to be late, so he galloped along the dusty road, but he ran out of breath and out of steam, and he took a short break sitting under an old oak tree. He could hear the rumbling before he saw the beater, but the smoke kicked up from the tires was no illusion. Someone was coming up the road. Troy jumped up and waved them down and was delighted to see Mrs. Jamison from down the way. She invited him to jump into the bed of her truck, 
because of course she was also heading to the fair. The whole town of 312 people were gonna be there and they would all be waiting for little Troy to light the match, reach into the cavernous belly of the biggest pumpkin of the season and light up the face his da daddy painstakingly carved over the last few nights. When the pickup truck pulled into the field, Troy hopped out, thanked his kind neighbor for the ride and ran right to the center of the fair. Some might've said the pigs or the cows were the highlight or the games or the prizes were the best part, but he knew everyone would gather around the center pole to see what Mr. Walter had carved. As the sun started to set over the burnt hills and the temperatures dropped, the townspeople gathered to witness this year's harvest reveal. Troy opened his small bag, moved over his last few crackers in his quarters to reach the box of matches and the well-worn strip of flint. He stood on the stage beside the pumpkin, feeling dwarfed by its size and its breadth. But this was his year. He was the fire starter. With the eyes of the entire town on him, he shakily removed one match from the box, ran it along the strip of flint and heard the birth of the flame and felt the heat of the fire. His eyes focused on the bright yellow teardrop and he got lost in the flickering and dancing of the flame. His daddy nudged his shoulder and his mama hissed that he needed to hurry or the flame would burn his fingers. Troy slid his thin arm into the opening of the face of the pumpkin and with the simplest action of lighting the candle within, he had transformed a misshapen giant ball into the season's spookiest jack-o'-lantern. The fireworks shot off, the crowds roared, and Troy stood back to take it all in. His daddy's carvings were something grand, and he raised his arms to emulate the vampire pose that the pumpkin most certainly would have shown if he were an eight-year-old boy named Troy. That's, oh, that's nice. That's wonderful. What great imagery. Wow. <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> I loved that. You did great. Yeah. yeah, that was just beautiful. I could I could imagine the kid. I could I could everything you talked about, the way the dust came up from the car, the way the flame danced. Wow. That was just <laughs> wonderful. All in a half hour. I yeah. Isn't that, that amazing? Funny. See, everybody listening, what you can do when you just let yourself go and you don't worry about editing. Okay, Lisa. So All we right. got we got time to get yours yeah. here. Okay. So um, I did not title mine. My titles usually come after the fact and I have time. So uh, I'll just dive in. James Patrick kicked the leaves as he shuffled down the street. He liked the sound of the crunching they made and watch the wind pick up a few and spin them in the air. Mason said he'd meet him at the fair because he had to do his chores first. But it was a Friday, so James Patrick didn't understand why he had chores on the weekend. His, his mom made him work real hard all week, homework, piano practice, and emptying the dishwasher, but she let him be a kid on his day off school, his days off school. Even though James Patrick liked his days off, he did not like being called a kid. 12 was plenty old old enough to walk to the Halloween fair without his parents. As he kicked along, he thought about the box of matches in his pocket and reached in to make sure they hadn't fallen out. The box fit into his palm, uh, into his palm and had one side that felt a little dented. When they, have, when they have fires in their fire pit, his dad uses them to get the flames started. Usually he puts them back in the garage on his workbench usually. This time he must have dropped them because James Patrick found them in the grass next to their lilac bushes. 
Playing with matches was not something a responsible kid did, his dad said. There it was again, kid. It's 12 for Pete's sake. It's not like what he, it's not like he took them out of their special place and dad would miss them. Since it, and since it had been a good month since they'd had a fire, he surely wouldn't miss them. No, he found them. That was different. And it's not like he was going, it's not like he was going to actually play with them. When he reached the field, the smell of buttered popcorn made his mouth water and he let go of the matchbox to check on the $10 bill his mom had, had given him. Mason would meet him by the cotton candy hut. Both of their moms agreed they could stay out until nine as long as they stayed together. Mason's dad would drive them home. James Patrick wondered about, wandered around a bit and ended up at the far end near a small roped off area that had what seemed like hundreds of jack-o'-lanterns. His neighbor, Mrs. McGillicuddy, ran the contest every year and she constantly nagged him. Jimmy, Jimmy, you just have to, it's a blast. First of all, he hated when anyone called him Jimmy. Second, maybe for toddlers, he was too grown up for that mess. A few people hovered around with note cards of one, two, and three on them, and you were supposed to put your pick into the box next to your favorite. Why do people get so excited about competing? He felt, he felt bad for all of the ones who didn't win. James Patrick stopped by a massive pumpkin the size of his mom's footstool in her sewing room. The face resembled a clown and made James Patrick nervous. When the two, um, when the two families that were voting moved down another row, James Patrick watched them, then turned his eyes back to the clown. The mouth suddenly moved from its smile to a scowl, and the eyes were closed halfway. James Patrick sucked in his breath and looked around fast, frozen to the dirt path. No one was near him now. He must have imagined it. Maybe he really didn't drink enough water like his mother accused him of. He rubbed his eyes, but when he opened them, the face had changed again. This time, the pointy teeth clacked together, click, 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 like when his father tapped his pen on the dinner table. James Patrick breathed, breathed in faster as the face continued to morph right in front of him. Why was no one around to see this? He counted in his head and went through all the things he could do, but none of the options were any good. Then he felt the matchbox. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's great. I love that he was wow. James Patrick. James Patrick. I know. Yeah. I, know I, I just pictured him as being this little kid and that's what his mother would call him. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. Oh, we had some good ones today. Oh, we did. We you did. Are so we got, talented. Yeah. Yeah. What did you did you know what you were going to write? Both of you. Did you know what you were going to write as you were writing? Did you just kind of any direction at all? I, I think I think the the fair was a mm -hmm. good kind of grounding point because it's like that was the destination. Like that was, you know, mm -hmm. I think we all did that. We all had to get to the fair, right? Yeah. Um, so that for, that was just sort of that. And then I just, I you know, a fall fair, you knew there had to be a jack-o'-lantern. And then I kind of went with what you suggested, Melissa, in terms of just having matchbook, because I'm like, it felt a little bit more contemporary and, you know, like the Flint, I couldn't figure out how to work it in. So I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll just run with it. <laughs> how about you, Leanne? Yeah, I think the fair, Lisa was absolutely right. The fair grounded it into the destination. So it was just like, who needs to get to the fair? And, you know, what is the process? And 
who is the character and um, that it was a little boy changed. I mean, this is not my genre at all. I write nonfiction. So to me, I'm like, wow, well, what do little boys have in vouchers and where do they go? And they're so independent, you know, so he has to get there alone. And it really I, I, just unfolded very quickly. <laughs> I think you need to write some fiction because um, that was very visual, especially when, when you talked about the match. That was just beautiful. It really was. I, I recommend that you think about writing some fiction. And before, since I know you have to go quickly, uh, just real quickly, how can people find your nonfiction books? Let us know what they are one more time and where they yeah. can find them. Oh, thank you so much. So they're the five seasons of connection to your child, to your business brilliance, or to your love partner. And it's a system that helps people navigate out of the storms in their life, love, or business. Um, and they can find me on Facebook at Leanne Cabot, LinkedIn at Leanne Cabot, or at the fiveseasonslife.com the number five seasonslife.com. And are, are your books on Amazon? They are. They okay, are. fantastic. We'll have links in the show notes for all of those. And as always, there'll be links in the show notes for these books. And uh, if you uh, are an author and would like to join us sometime, just drop down to the comments. I'll have my email address in there. And if I don't, um, somebody yell at me, please. And uh, just let us know if you would like to join us one time. I want to thank everybody. This was fun. And I loved the stories today really so did. Leanne, yes. I was Fantastic. Super what a yes. great experience. You ladies changed my whole week. Thank you so oh. much. <laughs> this was great. <laughs> thanks. So, thanks so much, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, ladies. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. And if you were interested in Leanne's books, drop down to the show notes and there'll be links to take you to them and hopefully soon to her works of fiction. Intent, Leanne. You really need to be a fiction writer also. So that's it for this time. If you are someone who is a writer and you would like to join us for a future episode and be on and do some writing prompts, uh, just drop down to the show notes and I'll have my email there. You can send me a message. You can also comment and just say, hey, I'm a writer. I want to play too. Uh, if you click, if you're on the podcast, go down and click on comment. It will take you over to our YouTube page and you can leave a comment there so that I can find it because the show is in a lot of spots. And if you don't leave it there, I won't see it. If you're feeling feisty, drop down to those stars on the podcast app that you are at and go ahead and click and give us some star love and let everybody know how much you enjoy the show. If you are on YouTube and you uh, want to keep following the show, go ahead and subscribe. And then uh, there's a little bell somewhere down there and click that bell and it will let you know every time there's a new episode. And speaking of new episodes, uh, we're taking a very, very short break for just a couple of weeks and we will be back in November. Um, and uh, if you're a subscriber, you'll know exactly when we're back. So go ahead and subscribe. And uh, that's it for now. And uh, I will be back in, like I said, just a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.